Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Sewn in the Heart. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, this is Roland. I'm having a conversation with Jeremiah. Let's join the conversation. There, and you sound like you're on the phone. Well, I am on the phone. I'm talking to you right here on the radio. And I guess you're kind of surprised that I'm on the air? Yes, I am. Uh, But I thought that the previous ones were pre-recorded. And so, yes, I am surprised to hear you speaking live. Well, I understand you're kind of pressed for time. So, I guess, uh, do you have a super quick question? And then uh, probably you can listen to the answer on the air, because I know you have to rush somewhere. Yes, I certainly do have one question. In the book of Luke, I see in chapter 8, there's, uh, this is the meaning of the parable, the seed is the word of God, those along the path are ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So I have uh, a question about the taking away the word from their hearts. Is the uh, word the same as the inner knowing or the intuition that you speak about? Is a word in someone's heart uh, in the way that it's seen in the book of Luke the same as intuition, or is that uh, something different? Yes, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. That's a great question. And the short answer is, yeah, yeah, it is intuition. It's wordless. It's the wordless word. A lot of people think the Bible is the word. Well, the Bible is is a written expression of what the inspired writers realized wordlessly in their heart. But the word is silent, and it's a direct communication from God to the soul. It's the most beautiful thing. So I'm going to talk about that, but I'm going to let you go now because I know you're you're in a hurry. But thanks a lot for calling in on the very first program on the air here. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. I just wanted to mention something that's brand new and I'm real excited about it. I am now live on the air every weekday morning from 8.30 to 9.30 West Coast time. That's right. 8.30 to 9.30 West Coast time, Monday through Friday, I am live. You can call in, ask a question, talk to me. 
we can have a conversation between 8.30 and 9.30 every weekday morning. I am live in the studio. Now, if you're listening at some other time in the afternoon or the evening, then that means that the program was pre-recorded. But if you want to have a conversation and talk about faith-based matters, talk about the spiritual side of life, talk about love and about getting God in your life, then all you got to do is give me a call. And all you have to do is go to my website, SheddingShackles.com, and go to the page that says Contact. You can see the little icon. Click on Contact and... The number to call will be right there. It'll tell you how to give me a call live, Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 9.30 West Coast time. This is something brand new. I'm real excited about it. And I encourage you to listen in and also to call. had a call from Jeremiah who asked a question about God's word. The word is sown in the heart and then the devil comes along and takes it away. And his question was when Christ is referring to the word in the heart, is he talking about intuition? What we know wordlessly within? And the answer is yes. That's exactly what he was talking about. And I'm going to elaborate upon my answer. And what was my answer? The short answer was yes. Yes, the Word of God is the Word of God. Now, some people think that the Bible is the Word of God. Well, the Bible is inspired. There's no question about it. The Bible is inspired. But stop to think for just a moment. Who was inspired? Well, it was the writers. Moses, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Paul, Luke, Mark. You see what I mean? They were inspired to write what they wrote. But what inspired them? It was what they knew in their heart. They were inspired to write what they saw, what they were seeing within from God. Do you see what I mean? So it's from God. It's the word of God. It's the most wonderful thing. Now, how does the devil take that away? Well, he can't really take it away. But what he can do, here's what the devil can do. He can offer alternatives to what you know in your heart. And if you incline toward his alternatives, if you kind of like his alternatives, and you lend an ear, and you even decide to try out one of the alternatives, do you see how you are led then Away from closeness to God, you are led out into and down into the material creation, down into emotions. See, when you flow from within, 
For example, the writers of the Bible, as they realized had God's Holy Spirit inspired them, they wrote, they wrote what came from God down. And the the movement of the, their pen upon the parchment, their every movement from that inspiration came from that inspiration. So it was like from God to them, and then they expressed it with their with their lips, with their voice, with their hands. You see what I mean? And so. That's the process. Now, when you flow from within, when you go out in the world and you want to know God's will, you want to be close to him. You want to do the right thing. You yearn for the truth and want to know the truth. Then you are close to him and you flow from him and flow from what you know in your heart. You understand? And as you flow, the energy for that flow comes from within. Energy for your flow comes from within. But when you are tempted by something to set aside what you know in your heart and to move toward what you are being tempted to do, then you separate from the wordless word in your heart and you move out into the material creation. But now you have to glean energy from that movement. Now you need a different kind of energy. It's no longer internally impelled. Now you need emotion, excitement, rage, anger, resentment, impatience, excitement and so on and so forth. See? And those energies come from outside. And we could go into that, but I just want you to see that it's a totally different energy. And so now, you you become subject. See, when, when you are calm and flowing from within, you're not emotional. But when you are tempted to move out angrily or excitedly, the very emotion of anger and excitement rises up and tends to overwhelm the mind, doesn't it? So how does the devil do it? He gets your attention. He appeals to your ego. He appeals to your pride. And he tries to get your mind captive by way of fascination. He paints word pictures. So he wants, he pulls you into imagination. He pulls you into words. He he wants emotions to become excited, and then you fall into the emotions. So even though God's word is always there, you become separated through it, through, through images, thoughts, fascination, fixation, concentration, effort, ambition, emotion, 
and so on and so forth. And as you become separated from the inner, it gets to the point that you you may not even know that you're separated from it. You don't even realize that you're being impelled from the outside and that the ideas and the goals are not even your own. And that's what happens. So you can see what's important. It's important to be calm, to 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 be as close as you can to this intuition. And the meditation helps. The proper meditation helps. And to scan your ideas and and observe appeals. Observe the appeal and don't fall for it. Don't become interested in it. Don't become excited by it. Don't become angered by it. Don't become resentful at it. Just see it pass and continue to do what you know is right in your heart. If you have a question about avoiding resentment and following what you know is right in your heart, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your question, and Roland may answer your question on the air. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for your question. And the passage that you're referring to is in uh, Matthew 24. Christ says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Well, I think what what he means is that when lawlessness abounds, And you see it today, don't you? You see lawlessness. And what does lawlessness mean? It means that people are separated from what they know in their heart is right. And it means that they are easily provoked. The stabilizing effect of conscience and of intuition and of being close to what's right, that stabilizing effect is weakened and people become more easily provoked. They become angry more easily. They become irritated. They become nervous. They become antsy. They become impatient. Do you see? When the stabilizing effect of conscience is taken away or grows weak, then people become destabilized and they're easily provoked to anger and they're easily tempted to do something wrong. And in their impatience, they do foolish things and wrong things. Now, what happens then is that they themselves 
unless they have a change of heart and cry out to God and return to conscience and return to the old verities and principles from which they have fallen. Unless they do that, they become hateful because they 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 resent seeing their own weakness, their own irritability, their own lack of grace, their own lack of of decency and virtue and manners and wisdom. They sense it and they hate seeing it and that makes them even more angry and volatile. And then on the other hand, the people who are wronged, the people who see the lawlessness, who see the graffiti, who see litter being thrown out the windows, who see the the people going into stores and stealing, who see the bad manners, who see the violence and the anger and the rage and all the rest of it. They see that and it tempts them to judge and condemn and hate. And when they do, their love grows colder. So it's like a snowball. The answer is to return to God. Return to God by way of conscience. Sit quietly. See your own lack of love and gracefulness. And don't resent seeing it. Just see it. And don't resent other people. Don't hate them. It doesn't mean you have to agree with what they're doing. It doesn't mean you have to like what they're doing. It just means don't hate them. The whole world is lost. And so we need God in our lives. And if you cannot become destabilized, if you can find a way not to become impatient and and to become hateful toward other people, if you can find that way, then you're a shining light. And people need to see that. And your partner needs to see it. And your children need to see it. It's a most beautiful thing. But look, it goes both ways. I'm sure you know that when you've heard the old expression, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, guess what? When things become destabilized, some people become more hateful, more impatient, more angry, more selfish. But other people go the other way. They become kinder. They become more patient. They become more graceful. They go the other way. The bad brings out the good. The worse things get, the more they shine. It's beautiful. That's the way you must be. That's the way we all must be. We must shine and hold up the light. And people will see the love. And it has a very good effect upon them. Send me a voicemail at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. For many years now, I've been looking at resentment. And as time has gone by, I have begun to see that one of the differences between between many successful people and 
people who are failures is resentment. Somehow, people, when they're raised in an atmosphere that tempts them to be resentful, and somehow it's it's something that happens in that family, that resentment then becomes quite the failure factor. Now, that doesn't mean that successful people aren't resentful. It doesn't mean that, but... I can see that it's definitely one of the factors involved in resentment. You see, what resentment does is it separates you from a flow. It separates you from awareness. And it fixates you to the person who criticized you. Let's put it that way. Often, when do we become resentful? When somebody criticizes us, when somebody puts us down, when somebody says something about us that we don't like, or when we are observed making a mistake. That's it. When you're observed making a mistake, people can become so resentful that they resent somebody watching them do some simple thing like opening the car door or eating or drinking coffee or coughing. People can become to the point that they don't like to be observed doing something normal, something natural, something innocent, something simple. They don't want any of their, what could even be possibly construed as a personal weakness observed. And so they start to become resentful when they're observed. You see, what happens is that resentment, what it does is it it fixates you to the outside. It fixates you to the person who saw you. It fixates you to the moment when you were observed. It makes you very negative and it separates you from your inner ground of good. And then what happens? Because of your fixation to the outside, Your concentration on the person, on the mistake, on your resenting being seen, and all of that, you are basically hypnotized. That's it. You're basically hypnotized. And not only that, but you become conditioned after that to go back into the hypnotic trance whenever a similar situation occurs. So if you resent somebody who sees you, I'll say drop something on the floor, you drop something on the floor and somebody looks at you with a funny look on their face and you resent them seeing you making a mistake. Well, then what will happen is in the future, whenever you drop something on the floor, see, it'll bring back that same hypnotic trance. Or when somebody looks at you, it can bring that trance back. It's that simple. So there you are in the trance, fixated to the outside and separated from flowing from within. And now you see what what the problem is. You're separated. In, In Christianity, there are some very wonderful words, which are very real things. These are words that describe real things. Words like grace, love, um, Flowing from within, um, forgiveness, peace of mind, and so on. Faith, there's the big one, faith. 
those words, if you have faith, if you have peace of mind, if you have love, if you have patience, if you experience grace, it is because you are connected to your inner source from God. You are connected. But when you become disconnected, you are disconnected from all of those things. And when you are connected, you also have awareness. You're connected so you can see reality. You can discern truth from what is false. You can move, you can do things with common sense, with wisdom, with understanding. But when you're separated, you have no understanding. And that's why, for example, you can see people really bad things and they don't even know it. They don't even know they're doing bad things. They steal and to them it's okay. Or they cheat on their spouse. They, they think it's okay. They have no idea that they're doing something wrong. They get into a, an affair at the office and cheat on their wife and the affair goes on and on. And while they're in this trance, they are separated from conscience. So they don't even know that they're doing something wrong. Yeah, they have a vague suspicion that they are, but they don't really, 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 really know. Although they sort of do, don't they? But not, not, not enough so that they, they can stop it. So you need to be connected to God by way of conscience, by way of intuition. You need to be connected so that, and stay connected so that so that he, he and, com and conscience and intuition can have an effect upon you, can actually and change you and motivate you. If you're just vaguely aware of conscience and vaguely aware of principle, then they're so far away, they don't really affect, change your, your life. Do you see what I mean? So now I think you've got the idea resentment is a very bad thing. It fixates you to the outside and puts you into a state of mind where you, where you can't have faith. You can't have understanding. I know one, one lady that whenever she's resentful, if some little thing makes her resentful, then all she can do is blame and condemn others. And she's super negative. And you try to talk to her about it, and there's zero understanding. Zero. It's only when she recovers from her bout of resentment that she's amenable to even to, to hear something thoughtful. So resentment is a very bad thing. So watch out for resentment. Watch out for it. If you see it, watch it. Don't fall into it. See that it's not a good thing. Let it pass. And do the little meditation that I have so you can reconnect with your inner ground of good. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.